Welcome back to Tundra Football, and hey, I am releasing on time this week, or, you know, as on time as I can, since I don't actually have a schedule. Um, (laughs) so, yeah, um, I don't know how to come back from that, um, but yeah, so, uh, thanks for coming, coming back this week, um, and, yeah, so, um, we're gonna start with, um, how I normally do with recapping last week, and, uh, it started with Thursday, which I already talked about last episode, because last episode was really late, but, um, I'll just go over here, Buccaneers beat the Eagles, like I thought, uh, uh the early morning, and by early morning, I mean London game, um, had Jacksonville barely beating Dolphins, which was annoying because I had Dolphins winning. Uh, Packers beat the Bears. Wasn't a surprise. I kind of thought Bears might win, and I picked them. But, you know, I was wrong. That's fine. It's annoying, but, yeah. And by annoying, I mean my pickup's not doing well. But, you know, that's my fault for trying to... Trying to pick an upset. Um... Colts beat Texans easily. Nothing surprising there. Rams crushed the Giants. Chiefs crushed the football team. And let me just say, this week was a week for blowouts. Ravens also blew out the Chargers, with Bengals also blowing out the Lions. Or at least in the semi-early games. Blowouts were very common. And by the way, all the blowouts I was correct about. Well, you can't really qualify the Packers game as a blowout. But, yeah, so all the blowouts I mentioned I was right about. Vikings also barely beat the Panthers. Now, Vikings keep coming away with very close um, victories or very close losses. So, I think they can win. I don't know. It's not even great teams they're beating. So, um... Vikings are kind of a weird team right now. Like, they've lost to the Cardinals, which makes sense. Cincy, which now is starting to make sense as Cincy is looking good. And the Browns, and they've beaten the Lions barely. Seahawks and Panthers, which, eh, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag here. So, probably what their season is going to continue to look like. Um, Browns lost to the Cardinals. I had Browns winning. Uh, originally, I had Cardinals winning. But then I heard that Cliff Kingsbury wasn't going to be there. And so I thought Browns might win. But I was completely wrong. Browns didn't look good. And this added to another blowout with Cardinals winning. I should have stayed with the Cardinals pick. But I'm a failure. Um, Next, you know, with Gruden not being there this week, I picked the Broncos. And I was wrong. And Raiders winning. So maybe the Raiders won't be terrible without Gruden. We'll have to wait and see um, how they do against uh, this week with the Eagles being, I think, a better test. Cowboys and Patriots game, that was a good close game. Um, score doesn't look that close, but it was close. They went to overtime. Uh, Patriots still have a lot to work on, but, you know, it does, you know, they didn't look terrible. They haven't looked terrible against good teams. Texans, yes, they didn't look great in, but, you know, they, it's, they're a team 
that looks like they are going to be good at some point this year. Are they going to win the division? Probably not. Are they going to um, make the playoffs? Maybe. But, you know, Patriots, now granted, I'm a Patriot fan, this is biased, but Patriots look like a team that will rebound later. Um, or at least that's my hope. Steelers barely beat the Seahawks, and the Seahawks didn't have Wilson. So, normally this would be a great accomplishment. I'm saying, you know, it went to overtime, and it didn't look that good. Um, Gino did well. Steelers, eh, not so much. Um, so this might be an omen that the Steelers won't do as well. Um, next, Bills um, lost to the Titans. This was a close game, but I think what it says is, you know, I was wrong about the Titans. Um, Titans might be better than what they looked. They haven't looked great. I mean, they've been winning-ish, but they haven't looked great. You know, maybe they're a little bit better. Do I actually think that they're going to be better than Buffalo long-term? No. Is my ratings going to show that they're better than Buffalo long-term? Yes. Why? Because I'm not allowed to change them yet. Two weeks until I can change them uh, not by week by week basis. So I'm waiting for that. We're not there yet. Um, yeah, so that was last week. Um, for this week, Thursday night games, Browns and Broncos. I have Browns winning this as I think they're more talented. Browns are going to be a weird team this year, it seems like. They may not do great, but I think they'll still make it. I don't know. They, they're looking kind of weird. Um, they look good, but, you know, they've lost. They've really only had two or three. They've had three big stake games so far, and they've lost all three. Uh, they were close in two of them. Uh, the one last week, they weren't. And then the rest of their teams, you know, they beat Texans, which is like, yeah, whatever. They, um, beat the Bears and the Vikings, which is a little bit more of an accomplishment. But, at the same time, you know, you're not gonna, to be the team we all thought they were gonna be, they have to win those big games. And they still have big games coming against the Ravens and the... Who they face twice, almost in a row. They almost face them in a row. There's a bye week, but they almost face the Ravens two weeks in a row. They have, and they have the Packers. Not to mention, you know, some of the surprise teams that could jump out with the Raiders or maybe the Steelers and Bengals. You know, there's teams that could jump out as contenders. How are they going to fare? Now, you know, that's not a lot of teams to lose to, so they probably still make it. But, you know, that doesn't give me a lot of hope for the Browns. With that said, though, I do think they win this week against the Broncos on Thursday night. Um, Packers, I think the, the football team's Packers are a good team. Uh, week one, they had a big hiccup, but they they look a lot better now, and uh, we'll probably beat them. Titans, I think, beat Chiefs. Chiefs are rocky this year. They're not doing great. Yes, they were able to win that 
first game against the Browns, which was good. Then they lost to the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bills. Um, now they've beaten Eagles and the football team, which makes me think, yo, they'll be okay. They're going to have a hard time against good teams. Um, and they'll probably have a hard time against division rivals. Now this week they face the Titans, and I'm going to qualify them as a good team right now. As they seem to be doing pretty well, I guess. Um, honestly, I think the even though we thought the Chiefs would own this com- the AFC conference, it's really up for grabs. Uh, with who's at the top changing almost weekly, where the M- NFC or but weekly being my projections, all my NFC projections have stayed pretty the same after week one and two. They haven't changed a lot because. We're now, we kind of know who's winning over there, and one thing that also helps is, like, Arizona keeps winning games I didn't think they would originally, but it doesn't matter because they, I have Los Angeles winning so many games they can't overtake it, um, but, you know, Dave sees changing so much, stuff is up for air, up in the air, so I really don't know who's the superpower here. I, I would say Browns, but they lost to the Titans, Ravens have looked good, Chargers have looked good, um, and then there's the teams we think will do good eventually, the Colts and Browns and the Chiefs might come back, and so there's, and then there's the teams that, you know, look like they might be a surprise team this year, Raiders, Patriots, Steelers won't quite be a surprise, but a little bit. You know, there's just so much unknown in the AFC. I really don't know if I should get the Titans this game. But I think Titans are just good enough that they can pull out a game here. Barely. Um, next is Dolphins and Falcons. And even though Dolphins lost to the Jaguars, um, occurrence I don't think is going to be that. Well, I have five wins for the Jaguars right now, which, yes, is way too much, uh, and it'll get toned down as when I'm allowed to finally change it, um, but with that said, you know, those wins, they're not impossible, I mean, yes, they're probably, well, really unlikely, but, um, they'll still win probably at least Four-ish games, three-ish games. So, you know, not terrible, but it does mean the Dolphins probably won't be great. But I do think they can beat out the Falcons just barely, although granted, Falcons could win. I don't know. Falcons haven't been showing me anything to change uh, my thoughts about them. Uh, they beat the Giants, which is a big thing, and the Jets. Uh, that's not big accomplishment. Uh, granted, they have been losing to semi-good teams, they haven't lost to terrible teams, which, you know, but yeah, I think Dolphins will barely win this one. Um, Patriots, I think, beat Jets. Jets don't look that great. Granted, you know, uh, this wouldn't be the craziest thing to say the Patriots lose to, because Patriots lose to division rivals more often than you think they should. Uh, this is their second game against the Jets, uh, so, you know, maybe Jets come back for revenge, but I do think Patriots will win here, um, just because I think it's a close game that the Patriots could definitely win. 
uh, well, maybe not close, but I think they're a beatable opponent, but it could become close as Jets are coming off a of bye week and uh, just division rivalry, anything can happen. Next is Panthers and Giants. I like Panthers here because Panthers are looking good. They look like one of those, they look like the surprise team now. Okay, real surprise team here, Cardinals. Um, but, you know, aside from that, Panthers look pretty good as a surprise team. Now they're not amazing. Uh, their wins are against the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans, which isn't that great. Um, and they've, but they've lost to the Vikings, which is, yeah. The Eagles, and both of those games were close. And the Cowboys, I don't remember if that game was close. But they haven't lost to, like, terrible teams. They haven't beaten great teams. But I think they can beat at least, at the very least, the Giants. Um, yeah, I don't think that anything is that. Yeah, I, I think they can beat the Giants. Uh, Ravens, I think, beat Bengals. That's going to be a good game as the Bengals are looking good with Joe Burrow. But, um, you know, that, that'll be a good game. But I think Ravens will win that. Uh, Eagles, I think, have a slight advantage over the Raiders as I like the Eagles. And also, the without Gruden, they're going to fall at some point, right? They have to, um, I think. Now, beating Broncos isn't isn't going to make me think, oh, they're fine without Gruna, I can bring them back to what I thought they were going to do without him, or with him. No, I I think Eagles will win here. Uh, it'll be close, but I think Eagles will nearly win here. Uh, Rams, Lions, what else do I have to say? Rams win. Uh, Lions have to get the, the only undefeated team, uh, are not undefeated, winless team. They're the only winless <laughs> Lions undefeated. Uh-huh, and you're yeah, maybe one week if they're lucky. Um, this is an easy game for the Rams, I think. Although Lions could make this interesting as they seem to like to do. But they're not good at winning, so I digress. Uh, Cardinals face Texans, which some people say might be the worst team in the NFL. Maybe, I don't know, uh, but Cardinals are undefeated, I think they keep that here, I don't think Texans will stop that undefeated streak. Uh, Buccaneers beat Bears, now this is a close one, because Bears have a good defense, Buccaneers have not looked invincible this year, which is kind of surprising, because they looked invincible in the playoffs, but again, not too surprising, um, but I think Tampa will barely pull this one out. Uh, 49ers and Colts. This is another game I think will be close and I'm interested in. But I think 49ers will barely pull this one out. But it'll be close. I had a hard time picking this one. Uh, Saints and Seahawks. I only have Saints winning this Monday night game for one reason. And that reason is there's no Russell Wilson. Uh, if there was Russell Wilson, I think Seahawks would win this one. With no Russell Wilson, even though Geno's look good... You know, he wasn't good enough to beat the Steelers, and I kind of think Saints will just barely pull this one out. Um, and that's it for um, predictions for next week. As far as predictions for the rest of the season, uh, there has been changes. Uh, like I said, I've been basically changing the... Um, AFC every week, and that continues. Um, 
there's been several people who I thought were going to win. Uh, week one, yeah. Week one, I thought Kansas City would win. Week two, uh, still Kansas City, and still Kansas City through week three. But when you get to week four, Indianapolis, uh, and we kept that until last week, and now it's Buffalo, and now this week, it's the Titans. Do I actually think that they're going to win this division? No. Who do I actually think? Probably Buffalo, oh, the Chargers, or Ravens. Um, if you're looking for an actual exam, act an exact answer, it's Buffalo. Um, but since I'm not allowed to change, if everything stays the way that I predicted at the beginning of the season, which it won't, um, Titans will win this division, which, you know, is different. Uh, Baltimore and the Chargers stay the same. Nothing changes there. Um, Buffalo, however, does go down to fourth uh, with 11-6 record, which is a fall, but it's not that big when you consider that all four Division Rivers re- winners right now in the AFC, according to my predictions, are 11-6. So, uh, you know, one game difference can change that entire thing, which is why there's the chance for so much change there as far as movement um and when i said the nfc has basically stayed the same that's because even though there might be some wind changes the position changes other than like wild cards haven't changed a ton um so but going back to the afc afc wild cards uh colts since Titans won and now have passed them, Colts are now uh, ten and seven and the fifth wild card. Um, and then Raiders are sixth, which I didn't think they'd go up after losing Gruden, but we'll see uh, if they continue to go up. They stay the same or they go down. Um, I have them at six with nine and eight. Browns are nine and eight at seven. I think they might do a little bit better, but and they again. They've looked good, but they haven't looked great. Um, Patriots stay at 8, so they're still out of the playoffs. If they had pulled off the win against the Cowboys, yes, I would have had them in the playoffs. Is that me being biased? Probably. But remember, it's me being biased at the beginning of the season, and then them winning against their changes it. But we'll see. Uh, Kansas City is ninth, and this is a change. Um, most of this was a change. The only ones that weren't a change were Ravens and Chargers staying the same with Ravens at two, Chargers at three, um, and Patriots staying at eight um, with a nine and eight record. Chiefs at a nine and eight record are at ninth, and at tenth is the Steelers nine and eight. These, these are the. There's only ten teams in the AFC. I think will have a winning record. I think that's the highest I've had so far. I don't think I've made it to 11, and I'm not going to soon. But, um, you know, that's over half the conference. So, you know, yeah, I don't know what else to say. For the um, NFC conference... Uh, Rams stay on top with a 14-3 record. Tampa is still at second, but they did improve to a 13-4 record. Packers are still in third, but they improved to a 12-5 record. 
Eagles are still at four, four with a ten seven record. Arizona's still at fifth with a twelve and five. Um, 49ers are still all at six with an eleven and six, and the Cowboys are at still at seventh with a ten and seven record. None of that changed. The only changes were Tampa Bay move getting an extra win, Packers getting an extra win. No changes in movement in the top seven, uh, and even even top eight in this conference because Panthers, even though they missed playoffs, they have a nine eight record and they stayed there. Only change was the Saints. Um, and that was because I gave them the win over Seattle. Um, that's the only change. They're ninth with a 9-8 record. They're the best, um, or no, they're the worst-ranked winning team in the NFC, uh, when there's only two that miss the playoffs. So, yeah, right now I don't have any teams making the playoffs with less than the winning record. Uh, which I don't think there will be any, but yeah, so that's like, that's the real football, um, except, oh, I just about forgot injuries for another week, um, Browns were hit pretty hard, they lost Hunt, who looked to be doing good, but he's injured now, um, they don't have Chubb either, as he's injured, so their running game's a little hampered, and to make this even worse, Baker Mayfield also injured. Now he's, they, he is. They think he's gonna play this Thursday. There's a high likelihood he will. So it's not that he's not gonna play. It's that he's gonna play less than a hundred percent without a running game. So they don't. They can't fall back on Hunt or Chubb. They fall back on this guy. I don't remember his name. So. That's not good for them. Uh, Kadarius Tooney, who was looking good for the Giants a week ago, got injured this week. Um, he just came off IR. He had a good week last week. We got uh, he he was um, suspended from the game. Wrong term, but he, he was kicked out of the game. Uh, he was able to play this week, but got injured. Uh, Latavius Murray got injured for the Ravens, but that doesn't matter because they have Bell, they have Freeman, they have Tyson Williams, and everyone except Tyson Williams got about the same carries, and I think they all got a touchdown in the run game, so really, Latavius Murray's injury doesn't matter that much. Everyone can pull their weight there. Um, now, why are, why do they have all these okay-ish running backs? I'll tell you. Dobbins. And, um, Justice Hill, maybe? No, guess Edwards. And Justice Hill. All those guys got injured. And so they left with these guys. And they're doing okay. Um, they might improve their value for next year. But, um, you know, Latavius Murray is not, that's not that big of a deal. Colts had two wide receiver injuries. Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton. They were doing fine without Hilton. Campbell hasn't been a huge contributor. That's been Michael Pittman. But, um, you know, you would like to have your wide receiver court 100%, and it's clearly not as you have Campbell and Hilton injured. May not be for long, but they are injured, and that's not good. Uh, Panthers rookie wide receiver Terrence Marshall also got injured, but 
uh, one of the biggest, well, maybe not biggest, but if this was a bigger injury, it'd be really big news. Dak Prescott was, they were getting, a, I think, an MRI on his leg to check stuff. Um, I don't think they're worried about him, uh, I don't think they're worried about it being a big injury, um, but, you know, you, you don't want to see, um, if you haven't fancy or you're a Cowboy fan, you don't want to see that as it's not good for the rest of your season. Now, um, bright side, you're on a bye week this week, uh, he can take a week to recover and, you know, he should be fine. But, you know, it's a little worrying, especially if they weren't on the bye week. Uh, but on that note, before we switch over to uh, fantasy, um, I do want to cover, I do want to cover who's on the bye week this week. It would be the Bills, the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Steelers, and Vikings. So there's three good teams that aren't playing this week, which doesn't mean anything except uh they might be a little bit less exciting games uh jaguars won't play doesn't really matter either to the steelers as they don't have really interesting games their games are i mean either than last night they're they either gonna lose against a good team or or win a not so good team uh vikings are interesting as they seem to like to get close to anyone and everyone. It doesn't matter if they're terrible or good. They're gonna get close. The, the game's gonna be close. So that's it's less fun games to follow, but it doesn't matter that much. Um, yeah. So that's the end of this one. Uh, we'll be back with the after the commercial, but not with fantasy, with a new section. Alright, welcome to my new section. Um, So, I wanted to try something new where the whole podcast wasn't just football. Uh, even though football is fun and I really enjoy it, it's not that important in the long run. And I wanted to put something in here that was actually meaningful. So, I decided to... Uh, I'm going to start a... Bible study, you could say, uh, on here. I'm going to go over Hebrews 11 um, in the Bible, and I'm going I'm to go through it and um, just show you uh, the passage and go over it and, uh, yeah, just show you what I've gleaned from it, and maybe you can glean something from that. Um, now, Hebrews 11 is called the Faith Hall of Fame. And so, it has all these great uh, people from the Old Testament. So, the first part of the Bible that um, showed faith in one way or another. And I'm going to go through that, how they show faith and how we can learn from that. So, yeah, I'm going to... So, we're going to start with the beginning of Hebrews 11. Uh, But first, to find Hebrews 11, you want to go to... uh, your index in the Bible, uh, one of the easier ways to find it, it's under New Testament, Hebrews, you want to flip there, and then it's the big number 11. We're going to start in little number one, 
Today we're going to do one through three, as this is more of the introduction uh, sentences or paragraph, whatever you want to call it, before we get into the individual people. Uh, for the rest of the weeks, I'm going to be doing this more looking at each person individually, so it might be longer or it might be shorter, depending on how much the Bible says about this person and how much I have to say about it. But with that said, we're going to start with verses 1 through 3. Um, and so I'm going to read it. And so Hebrews 1 through 3 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is what was visible. So that, <laughs> so that passage um, might be a little bit confusing, so I'm going to explain it. Um, first, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So here, the author of Hebrews um, does not say, or no, sorry, he is explaining faith. Um, he's explaining what faith is, the definition of it. Um, if we look up on just a normal Google search, what is faith? Um, so you're looking faith definition. Uh, it says complete trust or confidence in someone or something or a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Um, not a strictly wrong definition, but not quite right. Uh, here it is saying that faith is total and complete. You completely believe it. It's not something halfway. It's not, you know, most of the way, not quite. And I'm reserving a little bit. No, it's complete. You're having complete trust, total and complete. Um, and it's in something we can't see or prove. But when I say see or prove, that doesn't mean we don't have evidence. Uh, we do know that God is real. If you put faith in God, you know that he's real. There's, uh, you can see in our entire creation you in the bible it talks about him and um we know that he is real there's um there's so much evidence for it but we can't prove it necessary we can't 100% prove it with science we can't see it um and so faith is um our confidence in that it is uh, what we so it is b belief in something that we can't see or prove, but it is not a blind faith. We do know what we are believing in, and and we have proof for it, but we can't completely prove it. If that makes any sense, um. The next part in verse 2 says, this is what the ancients were commended for. What that means is that the ancients, so people in the Old Testament before Jesus, that's what they were saved by. They were saved by faith. They weren't, now, nowadays we're saved in faith by Jesus. Well, back then, they, Jesus wasn't born yet. Jesus had died on the cross yet. What they were saved by is that their faith 
So their total and complete belief and trust. The total and complete belief and trust that God would do what he said he would do. That God would fulfill what he had told them. So, if God had told them that he was going to save them and they put complete faith and trust in that, then they would be saved. Um, so, it's a little different than how we are we as Christians nowadays, but it's the same concept as we're still saved by faith and what God has revealed to us. Um, now, verse 3, I went on a little bit of a tangent about something that the author here isn't explicitly talking about, um, but does still apply. So it says, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. This is so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So um, we do have to take, we do have to have faith that God formed the universe. But if you look at the alternative, so evolution it takes even more faith to believe in that. I mean, you have to believe that matter just floating around or not, just nothing, just this primordial soup was floating around there, exploded and created everything. Well, okay, one, that that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Um, Two, it contradicts several laws of science, including the one, I, I don't know the name of it, but including the one that says that matter can only come from matter. You can't create new matter. Um, and you can't destroy matter. It can only change phases. And that, um, and also, um, energy is, needs to be done, needs to be put into something to change it. Um, but, Chaotic energy, so energy without a purpose, isn't going to fix it. Like, here's one example I've heard before. Um, you, you have a dirty room, and you're cleaning it. Well, do you think uh, y your room's not just going to... You leave, and it's just going to clean itself. It's not going to do that, because that's not how the world works. And let's say a lightning bolt, so that's energy comes in and hits your room, it's not going to clean up your room. It's going to make more of a mess because it wasn't, it, there was no design behind it. Um, so, um, both examples, both those examples I told you, they kind of show that evolution is impossible. Now, that's not what the writer of Hebrews is explicitly talking about here. But, um, you know, for us... You know, what takes more faith? Believing that there's an intelligent designer that made everything or that some random explosion that broke the laws of science made everything, including the laws of science. Or the concept, you know, the laws of science are found out by scientists that are observing it. Are you going to believe that... Um, 
some random explosion broke those laws to make them. Um, but yeah, so that was my tangent I was talking about. But here is, but so here here is the application we can come out of this as with, as non-believers. If you're a not if you have not believed in Christ, then you can put faith in Him today. We have proof in the Bible that He existed, and proof outside of the Bible that He existed, and that He came, and that He lived on this earth, and that He died, and that He came and rose again, and He did that all to save you from your sins, um, so that you could be saved. And so you can put His faith in Him today. You can tell. Oh, God, that you are, if you really mean it, and you tell God that you are sorry for your sins, you know that you have sinned, and He's the you know that he's the only one that can save you from your sins, then you can do that. You can do that today. You you can pray, and you can ask, you, you can ask God to save you. You can tell him that you're sincere, and that you want to give your life over to him, because he saved you, because God, he sends his son to die on the cross to save you from your sin, which separates you from him. And so he sent his son to come and save you from separation from him forever in hell. And so oh, oh, you, you can make that choice today. It's the most important choice you can make. And if you have already believed in Jesus, then we can continue to have faith in him, that he will do what he said in the Bible as just as the person in Hebrews says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and insurance in what we do not see. So even though we can't see God working necessarily, we can still have faith that he is and that his, his plan for the universe will continue. Ooh, just like he said, and that he will eventually overcome all. Thank you for listening to... Um, this new section of my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope you're able to glean from it as this is the actual important thing. You may have came here for football, but the actual important thing in life is this. So I will go back to football here, here but please remember this. Um, please don't skip it in future episodes or this episode's I want you to hear this. This is the most important part of the podcast. So please pay attention and um, pay attention and see what God can teach you through this. Thank you. And I'll be right back with football. Alrighty, so like I said, back to football, and this time it's fantasy football. So, um, yeah, so I'll start like normal with stock up, stock down, um, and we'll start with the first thing I've seen, and this is definitely a trend, guys. This is not overreaction, this is not one week, this is a trend. Antonio Brown is Tom Brady's favorite wide receiver right now. I thought it would be going. I was wrong. Brown didn't get play a lot uh, last year, so we didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. But Brady loves him. He's being the top wide receiver right now in targets and yards. Uh, 
not necessarily in touchdowns, but in targets, receptions. He's Brady's number one wide receiver right now. And fantasy football hasn't seemed to figure that out. They seem to still give uh, points, or they still seem to think that um, the other wide receivers in Tampa will do better than him, and he seemed to be pretty um, consistently um, doing better than they are. Um, and so, um, I mean, I'm looking at his stats now, and he missed a full week, okay? I think. I'm checking, but yes, he's missed a full week. He has the third most points of any non-quarterback of fancy points of any non-quarterback on Tampa Bay. The only people beating him are Leonard Fournette and Evans. And they both have... uh, I'll check, but I'm pretty sure both of them have played every week. Yeah, Evans has, which is really what we're comparing, wide receivers. He's done better than Evans. Well, not better, but he's almost done better than Evans with playing less weeks. He's missed a week, okay? Um, and he's doing better. Fournette's played everything, every week. So, Antonio Brown is the number one wide receiver in Tampa Bay. I don't know why we all forgot Antonio Brown was really good before all his issues. Um, I don't know why we forgot that. There's, but, I mean, it could be, you know, he didn't do super well on the Patriots or great last year, but he is that number one wide receiver there. So, if you want to pick, if you need a wide receiver, even if your thing says other wide receivers are better, like Brandon Cooks, which, you know, that one's fair, Brown is number one player over in Tampa Bay. He's been doing well. He seems to be Brady's favorite. Now, this can change pretty easily, but he seems to be one of Brady's favorite wide receivers. So, he's someone to pick up. Uh, OJ Howard also did well and would, um, would not be a terrible pick for, um, tight end if you're really desperate um Gronkowski's out he's not gonna be a long Howard's not a long-term option because Gronkowski will get back in at some point but Howard's an okay option as he seems favored over Brait um Wes Watkins is turning into in deep leagues a good wide a pretty good option um I have a dynasty league where I have Watkins, and he's done pretty well for me. Quaz Watkins, so he's a good option. Waddle did well again uh, after a bad week last week. He had a good week this week, so it's probably going to be up and down. Uh, Yeah, Tua played... Did Tua play this week? I think he did. Maybe. Um, And so if Tua did play, that's good for... um, That's good for um, the rest of the season because 
Yeah, he did play last week. So that's good for the rest of the season because Tua will probably be the starter for the majority of the rest of the season. And um, if he likes Waddle, Waddle will probably continue to do well. Um, Gusecki also did well this week. Um, and they're using Gusecki more, so he's a good tight end option if you need one. Um, he may not start this week, but he's a good one to stash on your bench if you need to. Um, and actually, he is a good option this week. I just remembered. Uh, he is a pretty good option. He is not a free agent in my league, so he won't end up on the list, as that's kind of what I'm going off of. But if he's available in your league, definitely pick him up. Uh, Jaguars, Shinope, and Jones are both doing well, so you can't really pick one right now because they're pretty even, but, you know, people keep your eye on. Uh, Daryl Williams did pretty well with, the with Clyde Edwards Hilaire out, and with Hilaire not coming back for a little bit, um, he might be a good short-term option for your running backs. Um, J.D. McKissick, uh, with Gibson not doing great, uh, he did really well, uh, passing game and the running game, so he might be someone to pick up, uh, Dante Pettis did well this week, uh, Geno Smith, he looked pretty good, he did have that late fumble, uh, that cost them the game, but other than that, he looked pretty good, he didn't look great, but he looks okay, um, and it was against pretty good Steelers team, not great Steelers team, but pretty good, so, um, they may not be a pushover without Wilson, I mean, they're probably still gonna lose more than they would with Wilson, but Gino's not terrible, um, Joe Mixon had a good comeback game after not doing well for a couple weeks, Swift, uh, is looking like he might have earned back that lead running back role now. They just said they're going to go with the hot hand, so if he loses his hot hand, they might go back to Jamal Williams, but uh, for now, DeAndre looks pretty good. Dylan got a lot more use today um, than he has been. Uh, Lazard also got some looks and was doing well. Uh, Khalil Herbert did a good job taking over for uh, Montgomery and Damian Williams, who are both injured. He did pretty well. Um, and is looking good, and he might, you know, he might end up finding himself for some more reps, even when Damien comes back. When Montgomery comes back, probably not, but, you know, he looks very good. Uh, Khalil does. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a good game, uh, and so, might be someone, if you're having quarterback issues, might be someone you look into, um, if he's available. Adam Thielen's looking good, and this isn't really free agent because he's not a free agent anywhere. But more congratulations if you have him, as he's looking better and better. Um, Robbie Anderson finally is getting some looks. So if you held on for Anderson for some reason, um, hey, you held on long enough to where he might get used, maybe. <laughs> Kyler Murray's looking good again, but now they knew. Um, James Conner got a lot more use than Chase Edmonds this week. Uh, Chase Edmonds was barely used in the passing game or the run game, which is not good for people who have Chase Edmonds, but people, for some reason, still think he's going to do well because it's probably just a one-game thing, but we'll see. Uh, Christian Cook got the most, uh, 
looks this week, but with Arizona, it's a revolving door with Kirk, Green, Hopkins, Moore, or Green, Hopkins, Moore, Kirk, feel like I've, no, that's the four, and then Ertz is there too now, uh, Ertz played with the Eagles this week, and then got traded after the game, so it's very possible that, um, It's very possible that he'll play this week for the Cardinals and could do well. So there is a lot. And the even the uh, tight end they had over there who wasn't great but was okay. Um, even though... Um, so he's injured, but he's doing well, even though he wasn't great. Um, and Ertz is probably better, so he'll probably do well there. Um, Alex Collins. What team is Alex Collins on? I forgot. Uh, he did pretty well. Um, oh, he's on the Seahawks. So Seahawks without Carson had very little run game to start with, but Alex Collins ended up doing okay. Uh, Noah Fant did pretty well, um, but Jury Judy's coming back soon. Uh, Rahondrum Stevenson is getting more looks in the Patriots game. Now, is he worth picking up yet? Not unless it's a really deep league or for some reason he's available in the Dynasty League, which he shouldn't be because he was probably taken in a, in a um, rookie draft. But they're using him more and more, which is something to keep your eye on. Dante Johnson uh, looks like he's he's taking up the looks that Juju Smith-Schuster was getting, and um, so yeah. Um, and then Pat Fearmoth, the rookie tight end for Pittsburgh. Um. He got more looks and is doing better. And yeah, so as far as stock down, um, as far as stock down goes, this is really unreliable, but uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't doing as well as he would normally be doing. Um, don't don't take me wrong, he's still doing well, but, you know, he's not the doing as great as he normally would. Now, he's still putting up pretty good numbers, but, you know, as far as, you know, just looking at the stats, which is what I've been doing, he doesn't look that great. He's thrown more interceptions um, in the first six weeks. Then he has an all but, I think, his second season. So his first season uh, actually playing uh, a full season. Sorry for the noise, but that's my little brothers. Um, yeah, so uh, his second season, which was his first full season, um... He had 12 interceptions. He already has eight this year. Um, granted, you know, his touchdown numbers are still looking good. 
Uh, but it's not helping him that he doesn't have a defense, really, or not a very good one. And so he's got to he's got to win in a shootout. He's got to outscore his opponents basically all on his own. So he's not doing great, but he, you know he he's the team's doing okay for having very poor defense. But um, his numbers aren't as good, and he'll probably have a fair number of interceptions at the end of this year. Uh, next was Antonio Gibson, who for some reason didn't do very well this week. I couldn't find him on the injury report, which is why I was expecting, but he didn't do very well. Daniel Jones did terrible, which I kind of called it, uh, even though I said um, you should grab him sort of last week as he was really high on the ratings. I also said I didn't understand why as he's facing one of the best defensive teams. Um, and then he did terrible. So I sort of called it. I sort of didn't call it. But, um, yeah, so that's all I have to say there. Um, Davis Mills, again, not looking so hot. He keeps going from good, not good, not good, not good, not good, good, not good. Yeah, I can't even say it. But uh, when Tayrod Taylor comes back, he's not going to start, so it doesn't matter that much. Pittman, who was doing well, didn't do that well this week, but um, probably still someone you want to keep your eye on if you don't have him on your roster. If you do, probably don't cut him unless you're trying to sign someone else like Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be a broken record, because I'm gonna keep telling you Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown! Um, next is Jamal Williams, which, like I said, when I was talking about Swift, uh, he's being used a bit less. Um, next is Aaron Jones, who just, basically, he just didn't have a good week, and they used Dylan more, but, you know, that's probably just one back week. He'll come back mostly because I put him in the stock down because last time I did that, he had a good week the next week. So, yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't have a very good week this week. Wait, really? They won. I know I looked at the stats, but that doesn't sound right. Right? It, yeah, they crushed it last week. What was his stats? doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, so, it was, it, it was because, uh, he had one touchdown and two interceptions. Alright, and, um, yeah, so then, yeah, so, you know, he didn't have a great game, but it doesn't matter or anything. Um, Chase Edmonds, like I said, he got cut out of everything, but he'll probably get some more production, maybe, but I don't know. They seem to like Connor this week. Um, Melvin Gordon, uh, they gave Jamal more, Jamal, no, Javante Williams, John uh, Williams, uh, more touches this week, and Gordon's will gain less and less, so even if you have him, you might want to keep him for a little bit, but they're giving the other running back a bit more. Um... Tony Pollard didn't. Um. Tony Pollard didn't 
Uh, he's been using, been used less and less, but he's still producing, so, yeah, not much there. So, I'll be back in a minute, um, with, uh, who you should pick up for this week in fantasy, but I'm gonna have to take a quick break. So, I'll be back in a sec. Alrighty, I'm back, and now we will get into who you should pick up. Uh, again, this is based off the Tundra Football League specifically, but um, it's probably applicable to some leagues, not all, because uh, our league's a little interesting. Um, we'll start with quarterbacks, and since we're getting into bye weeks and more injured quarterbacks, I do have quarterbacks, as originally I didn't have that many or none at all. But this week I bring you two again, and first is Daniel Jones. Now wait, 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 wait. Before you yell at me for um, suggesting him last week and saying on to and that he is terrible, wait. He's facing the Rams defense. I don't know why everyone thought he was going to do that well. This week he's facing the Panthers, who again do have an okay defense, but again, their defense hasn't gone against that great of teams. Um, so he can probably do okay here. So it's probably an okay pickup. Pick um, now, specifically in the Tundra League, Philadelphia and Jacksonville could both benefit from picking him up. Um, now, Matt Ryan is the only other um, quarterback in our league that's worth picking up. There might be more in your league if more people, if someone somehow got, if more than one person got two really good quarterbacks or, you know, more people are affected or whatever. Um, Jacksonville would benefit from picking up Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan, who this week is facing Miami, that's probably a good pickup. Uh, might be better than the Jones pickup. But is a pretty good pickup. Um, next is running backs and Michael Carter, the Jets, who yes is getting more touches. Um, seems to be the best free agent running back, at least in our league this week. Um, your league's probably different, but in our league, at least he's a good pickup, and he might be in yours too. Um, in our league, there's a lot. Well. Okay, maybe not a lot, but there's three teams that are significantly weak at running back. Um, and those are the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, New Orleans Saints, and Philadelphia Eagles. They all could use the five through one gun list, which are Michael Carter, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, Naeem Hines, and Elijah Mitchell. I don't quite get the Naeem Hines. I don't think Taylor's injured, right? Yeah, I don't think he's injured. I don't think Mac's injured. He hasn't been used that much. I don't know why he's on the list I'm using, but he is, and so there, there must be some reason. I won't pick him up unless you're really desperate, but I guess... Um, but Buffalo, New Orleans, and Philly could all use him to be their number two running back, which is a very good. Um, or it might just mean there's people, um, hogging all the good people. I wonder who that could be. Looks at myself. Um, and the Saints. 
Actually, wait, no. Not the Saints for some reason. Oh, uh, it's because he's got people on bye weeks and stuff. Never mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> then there's one team that could maybe use them for a flex position. And by maybe, I mean they should. Um, Michael Carter, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, Liam Hines, Elijah Mitchell. I'm just going to repeat again so you remember. All would be good pickups as for a flex spot for the Lions, which is more what I expect. I, mean, I expect more people to need flexes than need starters, but this week, that's a little different. Um, now, for um, wide receivers, there's plenty of good options in our league because people are nuts. Um, okay, I take that back, but uh, there are... Let me look at this. Okay, there are three teams that could all use um one of these two wide receivers as their number one wide receiver. Um, the Detroit Lions. No wait, who is that? Oh, Buffalo, Buffalo, and Detroit Lions. Oh, okay, and Detroit Lions and Jacksonville Jaguars would all benefit a lot from having Brandon Cooks or Corden Sonnen because, like I said, they'd be their number one wide receiver, which is okay this week because Cooks is on there and he's rated pretty high, but still. Um, trying to look at stuff. Um... There's also two teams that could use them as their number two wide receiver, which is still pretty bad, guys. Come on. Uh, Seattle and Philly. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything more about those. Um, and then New Orleans and Cincinnati could both use um, Brandon Cooks, Corden Sutton, or Shepard. Um, or Antonio Brown, for that matter. As flexes. Um, now, I am going to say Antonio Brown's probably the best choice here. Uh, why? Because he's the favorite. I'm going to sound like a broken record this episode, and I don't care. He should be picked up in more leagues. Make it happen. Come on. Now, since I said this, he's going to do terrible, so don't pick him up because... I don't know. I'm always wrong. But Antonio Brown's been doing consistently well. He's outperforming basically everyone else on the team, except for Tom Brady and Evans and Fournette. But why are they outperforming him? They've had one more week, which is at least 10 points normally, at least for those players. Usually more. So, that means Brown is doing a lot. Is doing really well. Um. Okay, sorry for that. <laughs> um. Now, Sterling Shepard would also be, surprising, sort of surprisingly, not really, number ones, Sterling Brown and Renfro would all work as number ones for Detroit and Buffalo. Now, I said that they could use Cooks and Sutton, but that was only so I could uh, loop them in with Jaguars, who wouldn't use Shepard, Brown, or Renfro as number ones. Uh, Detroit and Buffalo, however, would. Um, now, Jacksonville and Philly would uh, benefit from Shepard as a number two, um, and Philly would benefit from Brown or Renfro as a number two, as they would with basically everyone on this list, 
yeah. But uh, New Orleans. Oh wait, I already went over those guys. Um. Now New Orleans, I, I said they, the four people that they could benefit from being flexes, they could also benefit from Hunter Renfro if the rest aren't available. Renfro's been doing well, so that could be a good pickup. Um, Jacksonville, um, you know, with everything I've already said, they could also use a flex, which just shows you if they need all three. Well, yeah, I guess it doesn't mean that much because I'm kind of going off if they don't pick anyone up and it says more like the other team. But yeah, I, I digress. Um, they could use, if they don't pick up anyone else, they could use Antonio Brown as a flex and I think they should just pick him up anyways because he's good. Um, but that said, Jacksonville does have good wide receivers, just not good this week. Um... Yeah, I think that's it. I think I went through everyone. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people that could use upgrades to their team this week, including me. I just don't include myself on these because I don't need to. Um, now, tight ends. Um, this week, there are three pretty good options with Dallas Godard, who's now the only tight end there. So he'll, in theory, get more as long as he's healthy or more production. Uh, Jacksonville, New Orleans, and Seahawks could use them, and they could use any of these three. All three of them could use any of these three uh, that I'm going to mention. So, also, Ricky Seals-Jones, who's done pretty well. Uh, he's made in my stock up at least once, I think. Um, or at least I thought about putting him there. And then Juno Smith. That one's a little bit more iffy, because Hunter Henry surprisingly looks to be... Uh, more of a favorite there, but could still get you some production. Now we're going. Now we'll go to kickers and kickers. Um, this is going to be most helpful if you're not in our league because most of these guys are going to be available in most leagues, and more likely than not, you're going to need, or it's going to be beneficial for you to have them. Most likely. So with that said. Matt Prater is number one ranked this week, and he's been that at least one other time, I think, or something. Um, so he seems to be doing pretty good fantasy-wise. But with that said, um, anyone in our league, anyone and everyone in our league would benefit from picking him up. And yes, that means that I'm going to try for him. And yes, that means I'm hurting myself by telling you all this. It doesn't matter that much. Uh, next is Ryan Suckup, who is pretty middle of the pack, but still pretty good. Uh, in our league, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Jacksonville, and Buffalo could all benefit from having him. Randy Bullock is next, and Buffalo, Philly, and Jacksonville would all benefit from him having him. Uh, and then the last two, Nick Folk and Kanyun Koo, would been a, they would be uh good players for Jacksonville or Philly to pick up if they miss out on the rest. Um, now, for defenses, there are two good defenses this week. Cardinals and Patriots. Why? Well, Cardinals, they're facing the Texans. Patriots, they're facing the Jets. And both teams have at least decent defenses, if not elite, probably not elite, but they're decent, if not good defenses uh, facing bad teams. So there's a fairly good chance at uh, them getting you 
good deal of fantasy points this week. Um, other three to maybe consider picking up are Panthers, Browns, and Packers, and um, the um, in our league, the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Bills, and the Eagles. Um, could all benefit from picking any of those three up. And yes, that's it for fantasy predictions, and that's also it for this episode. Um, yeah, so I'll see you next week. Um, in uh, in case any of you are wondering, yes, I'm gonna have that um devotional part, a weekly thing. Um, I don't remember if I said that already. Just wanted to make sure you know. And yeah, that's it. Oh. No, it's not because I forgot to give you a recap of what happened in the Tundra League, if you want to know. Um, our highest score scorer last week was the Detroit Lions, so finally not me or Brendan, and, or Nate, it was Brendan who had the highest score. Um, now he faced the second highest score of the week, Nate. So Nate did really well, but still lost. The um, lowest score was... Brady with the Seattle Seahawks. As far as victors, uh, I beat the I beat the Eagles. Um, Bengals beat the Seahawks. Uh, Jaguars beat the Bills, and Lions beat the Saints. This next week, um, this this next week, um, I will be facing the Bengals. Uh, Jake Rhodes will be facing the Eagles. Oh my goodness, they need to adjust their lineup. Um, uh, Saints need, are facing the Bills, and Seahawks are facing the Lions. And yeah, so that's it for today. And yeah, so I'll see you. Oh wait, you probably want to know the standings too. So winning, winner, or person winning the AFC is me at 5-1, and one. Uh, NFC, uh, Brendan with the Lions is leading at 4-2, and two. and uh, the only other 4-2 and two team is the Bengals, which is Jeremiah, and the highest scoring team, like the team that scored the most points, is Nate, he's got that pretty soundly, but I've scored the second most, but I'm 60 points behind him, which just shows you how good, he, well actually it's 55, but just shows you how good his team is. But uh, he's just had bad matchups, and he's three and three. So yeah, so that's it. Um, thanks again for listening, and I'll try not to have rambles off at the end, but no promises. All right, see you next week.